Good morning, everyone. Awesome. Awesome. Is there anybody the name of Emma here? Emma? Is there a name Emma? You're not in trouble. We just found something. It was an envelope that maybe dropped out of someone's pocket. No Emmas? All right. Well, I'll hang on to it. Just wanted to ask. All right. So this morning, let's, let's give some background. We're going to give some context for us this morning. All right. So probably yesterday at about four o'clock, Pastor Brian, he texts me and says, hey, man, I'm about 50-50. I've come down with something. Don't know how I'm really feeling about it, about things, but I'm about 50-50, but I'll keep you posted. Now, at this time, you have to understand I'm laying in the bed. Watching something because our life significantly changed. Stacey and I yesterday because Virginia turned 18 years old. Praise God. Absolutely. So my mind is on eating cake. We took Virginia out. Me and Virginia went out yesterday morning. We got Manny Patties. Okay. Come on now. For all the guys in the audience, I did an extra set of curls and push-ups just to make myself feel okay after. Um, And then we went out and we got lunch and we just spent time together just talking and fellowshipping about her life, this point of her life and where she's at the next journey. And so again, I I get another text from Pastor Brian, maybe it's around 8, 8 8.30. It's like, hey man, you're up. Well, praise God. Amen. Because the word of God tells us to be ready in season and out of season. But here's what this speaks to more than anything else. And this is something that I'm more proud of than anything else, is it shows the amount of relationship that me and Pastor Brian have. And the trust that we have in one another. Because see, we met on Wednesday and I was telling about some things that I was wrestling with. And some things that have been going on for about a week and a half that I'd just been wrestling with, man, and we had this great just session of talking. But really in that talking, what you're doing is you're really, you're really, it's iron sharpening iron because while we're kind of going through each other's teaching notes, and we just get to talk and fellowship. And for him and myself, it's kind of like, man, I can't really share any of this outside of someone like you. So we have one another. And so this morning, we're going to pray for Pastor Brian because, man, we should always pray and not lose heart. Because I know that he within himself, he wrestled with saying, man, I want to be there, man. We're starting this series, right, on worship. And see, this is what happens. This is what the enemy does. The moment something begins to move, In the moment God begins to reveal something to us, the enemy man comes and he's just lurking. And so our theme is going to be wrestling because why? We know that what? We wrestle not with flesh and blood, but against principalities. Against spiritual wickedness in high places. So this morning we're going to pray for our brother. We're going to pray for our pastor. Amen. Is that all right? 
Of course, if anybody says no, you'll kind of get looked at crazy. You might get jumped up in this joint. <laughs> Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we thank you so much, first of all, for the opportunity to have corporate and communal prayer with you. And Father God, we just lift up the pastor of this house, Pastor Brian Kunkler, to you, Lord God, that even as he is resting, Father God, we pray for peace and we pray for Jehovah Rapha healing over his whole entire body, that, Father God, you bring him back fully restored, Father God. And whatever is ailing him, Father God, you know better than anybody that, Father God, you go in and you supernaturally touch it and you heal it right now in the name of Jesus. And that, Father God, even as you are ministering healing to him, Lord God, thank you for ministering to his heart and to his spirit. That, Father God, you will birth out in him, Father God, not a new word, Father God, but that you refine the word that you've already given. And we pray these things now in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen. So another announcement this morning, man, happy Black History Month, man. We celebrate that. I know that we've always been a church seeking to be a multi-church, and this is a part of who we are and the essence of who we are. Amen? So we praise God for that. This morning, we're going to talk, and I kind of mentioned it, kind of our theme about wrestling. And it's about wrestling sometimes with different things and different aspects of our life. So yesterday, (laughs) I was kind of wrestling with being this father of an 18-year-old. And not just any 18-year-old, but an 18-year-old female, which is different than an 18-year-old male. I kind of know what that looks like because I was one. And so as I get to continue to get to know who she is now versus the little baby that I brought home years ago, man, I'm wrestling with some things within myself, right? Man, have I done a good job? Have, have I prepared her well enough, right? Have, have we, you know, put her on a, a, on a great path? And God is show you and give you instances of confirming that within you. And her presentation and how she talks and, you know, some of the decisions that she's making. And then today we get to celebrate our 10-year-old turning 11. So it's a huge weekend for us. And speaking of wrestling, you know when me and Stacy was wrestling, it's back in the summer. Come on now. Some, for those who laugh, y'all caught it. I'm really good at wrestling. I can say that because she's not here. If I said that she was here, something would have been thrown at Pastor Coach, and then y'all would have to go get her, maybe. So today we celebrate Major, right? And every birthday is significant, so his is not less significant because he's not 18, he's 11. So he's going through all these different changes in and amongst himself that he's wrestling with, just like Virginia's wrestling with things. Because why? She graduates. She's wrestling with college and the opportunity. Do I go far? Do I stay close to home? What all these things do we wrestle with? What's happening? Over the past week, I've had to wrestle with some things, not just personally, but also 
collectively within the community and culturally? And what does all this stuff look like? Because sometimes there's people that will call me and just say, hey, can I just vent to you for a second? And then you wrestle with what to do with this information. We wrestle with different things. Last Sunday, we had something that happened. I want to express a sincere gratitude to this congregation on behalf of Stephanie and Jesse and how we came together and pray for Dale. Because it was tough, and we had to wrestle with what that looked like, what's happening, what's going on, and everybody walked away after service not really knowing, hey, is everything okay? And we wrestled with that. We wrestled with not understanding or knowing what was going on or what was the outcome. And here's something that we all wrestle with. We wrestle with waiting. We wrestle with waiting. Over a hundred times in the Bible, 116 as a matter of fact, it makes a reference to waiting on the Lord. When we're challenged and we're going through something, there's someone or somebody, good brothers and sisters say, well, hey, just wait on the Lord. And if we're all being honest, is that what you really want to hear? If you want to hear me come up here this morning and talk to you about waiting on the Lord, raise your hand. No, you don't. So we wrestle with waiting on the Lord. Now the question becomes, what does it mean to wrestle? But more specifically, what does it mean to wrestle with God? And we all know the story about Jacob and how he physically wrestled with God. And we don't have to physically wrestle with God now because why he tells us in his word in, in Ephesians chapter 6 that we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So what does it mean to wrestle with God? Sometimes wrestling with God is about going back repeatedly in prayer and in worship. And over something that may be confusing to us that he has said or something that has happened in our lives. Sometimes wrestling may look a bit like negotiating something with God. God, well, if you allow this to happen, then God, then I'll try to do this. At other times, it looks like reminding God of his promises while asking him to act. <laughs> What's interesting is why does God want to wrestle with us? Like he's the God of the universe. Why does he care about wrestling with Kemp? Why does he care about wrestling with Larry? Why does he care about wrestling with Connor or Megan or Stacy? Why does he really care about wrestling with Crystal? Why does he care about that? When God calls us to wrestle with him in prayer and in worship, it is an invitation to receive his blessing. 
It is an invitation to receive his blessing. And we know this as an example because why? Jacob was wrestling with God because why? He was trying to wrestle the blessing to himself. But in order to do that, he had to first understand that, hey man, you tried to trick. You tried to get your blessing in a way that wasn't godly. Wait on the Lord. And within us wrestling this concept of waiting on the Lord. Psalms 27 and 14 says, wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait on the Lord, exclamation mark. Wait on the Lord. And again, the line of waiting on the Lord is not necessarily long. Why? Because we've learned societally that, man, we got to go and make it happen. Hey, you, you want a better job? Hey, you want to you wanna increase your salary? You want to do this? Hey, man, this is what you need to go and do. You need to go and make it happen. You need to go and do this. You need to go and dot these I's and cross these T's and go do all these different things. Hey, you want more money? Then go to the um, check cashing place. Go take out a loan. Go do whatever you got to do so you can have it right now. Because that's how everything around us is constructed. But we say, wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. No, man, I really want to, really, really, really want to get married. Hey, you, come on, let's do this. Come on now. That's what I did. No, I didn't. Don't tell her I'm saying this type of stuff. Amen. Come on. This is just first service stuff right now. Glory to God. Amen. But see, that's what we'll do. We'll get so impatient that we no longer wait. So we end up jumping into relationships whether it's with another person, whether it's with a company, whether it's with an organization or a job or a career, that man, if we just would have waited, the word of God says that he will direct our path. But we're not waiting on his direction. Because I become a little anxious. I become a little anxious about, well, man, what if this happens? And what if that happens? And man, what if, what if it doesn't happen this quickly? Then how are people going to see me? How are people going to look at me? So now I begin just to make something happen. And I don't know about you, but when I've tried to make something happen, what ends up happening is I got to go all the way back to scratch. Because I got a little bit too far out in front of my skis. When I just should have waited. When I just should have waited. We often do that when it comes to whether it's buying a house or buying shoes or or buying clothes, right? We see something that we really like, man, and one second it's $400 and we want it right now. And it's like, no, but if you just wait, it's going to be on sale in a month. But we jump. But we do the same thing spiritually and with our souls and with our minds because there's a wrestling with waiting. We wrestle with God about why do we need to wait and why do we have to wait. We wrestle with God and say, well, God, 
well, if it happened over to them, why can't it happen to me? We wrestle with, hey, man, do I need to do, I need to do this right now with my family member or do I need to wait? For those who are taking care of parents, that becomes a part of our wrestling. When do I let go? When do I maybe move them over here or move them here? When do I do that? We wrestle with that. We wrestle as parents. Hey, do I need to homeschool my child? Do they go to public school and allow them to be a light in a dark place? Or do I send them to private school? Because why? I want to continue to edify and have them edified through what they're learning in school. We wrestle with that. And here's the beauty thing about God the Father. He says, he will make all things work together for our good. But am I willing to wait on the Lord? Am I willing to wait on his still, quiet voice to lead and to guide me into all paths of truth? Or do I want to go ahead and rush and marry that person, buy that house, buy that car, take that job, move to that place? And I know nobody's battling that this morning. I know right now as we sit here, some of us are sitting here saying, man, he is reading my mail. No, I'm not reading your mail. That's the Spirit of God reading your mail. Because, see, I wrestled this past week and a half because I had a couple of friends call me about their marriage and about how there was adultery that happened. And so I woke up at 3.30 last Thursday morning and Stacy rolls over and she looks at me and she says, babe, what's wrong? And I said, Stacy, I'm struggling and I'm battling with what does true repentance look like? Because see, what happened when we're not willing to wrestle with these type of things and wait on the Lord and give him our direction, we'll wind up going into certain situations with judgment. And we'll start judging and pointing. We all know what repentance is. It's about turning from sin. However, when I read in John how the Pharisees and the Sadducees tried to get Jesus out of his hookup, out of his identity... And he began to talk about the woman who committed adultery. And they said, well, hey, the book of the law of Moses says, man, she needs to be stoned. Jesus began to write something on the ground. And it's all types of speculation as to what he was writing. I don't know what he was writing, but he wrote something. But they came back and they continued to ask him, hey, man, what, what should we do about this adultery? Because this is what it says in the book of the law of Moses that we should stone her. And Jesus answered with such wisdom. Why? Because I think through some of that writing, what he was doing was he was just waiting upon God. And so many times our feet are so swift to run with a solution, with an answer, with a thing, because guess what? Kemp wants to seem really wise and intelligent. So let me say this really, really quick. But I found there's more wisdom in just waiting and wrestling in that weight. But Jesus goes on to say, hey, let him who is without sin cast the first stone.
And then one by one, starting with the oldest, they began to walk away. The woman who was accused of adultery looks and Jesus asks her, hey, where have your accusers went? And they had left. Now, I think they left for many different reasons, but one reason I believe they left is that they saw themselves in the woman. See, they were so ready to judge her based on her sin, but I think when Jesus said that, he had them wrestle with the fact that, man, you can see yourself in her. And so they began to leave. And Jesus' statement was, he who was without sin, let them cast the first stone. The woman was waiting not only to be judged, but to be disciplined. And Jesus, the only one who could have stoned her, tells her to go and to sin no more. Turn away. If we're turning away from something, what are we turning to? And I, and I know repentance is it's a turning away, right, from sin and from behavior. But in order for me to turn away from something, i got to be turning towards something, right? Because if I just turn away from something and I'm not turning towards something, then guess what's going to happen? I'm going to turn back to what I know. Come on now. And so she has to wrestle with this. Go and sin no more. For as Jesus said to the woman, and as he has said to us, I have not come to condemn you, but I have come to heal the world. And in some of this healing, we have to wrestle with some of these things. What happens while we're waiting? While we're waiting on the Lord, while we're waiting on God, what is happening? What does God promise when we wait on him? What he promises, he promises Isaiah 40, 31, right? We all know it. Those who wait upon the Lord, he will renew your strength. He'll allow you to mount up with wings as eagles and you will be able to run and not faint or grow weary. And we all get excited. At least I get excited. But if we look at the context of Isaiah 40, it was a lot more than that going on. So let's give some background. Let's give some context. There was a span of about 150 years between the writing of chapter 39 and the writing of chapter 40 in the book of Isaiah. In chapters 1 through 39, Isaiah spoke to his own generation regarding the ability of God to defend them against the Assyrians. In chapters 40 and 66, Isaiah envisioned the day when the Babylonians would destroy Jerusalem and take the Jews into captivity. He also envisioned the events that would result in the Jews returning to Jerusalem to rebuild and restore their nation. Now, I'm sure a good portion of us think you have a hard job. Who thinks their job is hard? Come on, church, my man, church. Thank you, brother. Raise your hand. I don't know of a harder occupation than being a prophet. That's a hard job. 
Like it's easy when you get to give people good news. Right? Hey, you're going to be this, this. Everybody's like, yes, come on, rain it on me. But now you have to give this news like, hey, I envision that you're going to be taken into captivity for years and centuries. Then we got to wrestle with that. We got to wrestle with that. We got to wrestle with this prophetic and when I don't get or hear what I want to hear. Oh man, God birthed out of me this vision, man, to start a nonprofit. All right. Then you start doing the budget and the strategic plan. It's like, oh man, we got to raise like a million dollars. Then we start to say, man, I don't know if that was God or if that was just me being hopeful. Because we got to wrestle with that. Any nonprofit people in the house, the nonprofit people should be dancing and shouting in the aisles right now. I'm just joking. But we have to wrestle with this. Isaiah, before he gave this, he had to wrestle this within himself because, man, I don't want to be that guy to deliver this type of news. God, give me the good stuff to deliver and to give out to the people. This is why being a prophet is a hard occupation. But the start, but the title of Isaiah 40 is God's people comforted. He's comforting his people. He's comforting his people. And at the very end, to close it out, he says the scripture that we all know, but they who wait on the Lord, he shall renew their strength. He shall allow them to mount up with wings like easels. They should be able to run and not grow weary, to walk, and they will not faint. But I got to give you this too, though. You're going to be taken into captivity. You're going to be removed from your land. You're going to be imprisoned, if you will. But it's like, man, the people of Israel is like, but hey, man, didn't we just get delivered from Egypt? What is going on? And I know that feels like us, right? Like, it's like, man, one minute something's going so well, something's going really right. And then like, man, why am I getting in this again? What's happening? Well, maybe it's because instead of staying in that state of being still before him and waiting on him, but man, too many times what I do is I try to get out of the fiery furnace because it's too hot. Because I don't want to stay there. I don't want to have to deal with me when God is doing only what God can do within me, which is this wrestling state. I forget all about God wants to wrestle with me because he's inviting me into blessing. But the challenge becomes, <laughs> we don't have anything that we're doing while we're waiting. Like somebody gives you a good prophetic word, right? Oh, wait on the Lord. Mackenzie, wait on the Lord. Like I know you wanted to marry Connor like the first time you met him, right? But just wait, Mackenzie, because you don't know this guy. We got to do some background checks. We got to make sure he's okay, right? So the question becomes, what are we doing while we're waiting? Well, good people of God, what we should be doing is worshiping.
while we're waiting. Because see, if I'm worshiping while I'm waiting, guess what it does? It takes my mind off of what I think I should do and what I should be doing, and now I'm just worshiping. Then you might say, well, man, what am I worshiping God for? Hey, now I'm saying, what am I doing while I wait? Man, I'm worshiping on and I'm thinking on his promises because his promises told me that if I wait on him, then he is going to renew me. He's going to renew my strength. He's going going to allow me to mount up with wings like eagles. I'm going to worship him in that space. It doesn't matter what mama says, don't matter what daddy says, don't matter what my, my social circle says, doesn't matter what it says on Instagram or TikTok, it doesn't matter what it says in D.C., I am going to wait on the Lord, and that is going to be become my daily worship. So now what am I doing while I'm waiting? I am worshiping him. I'm wrestling with the weight, but while I'm waiting, I am worshiping Because God, unlike us, will never send out his word and come back void. His promises are yes, yes, and amen. His promises are as true today as they were then. And he is the same God yesterday, today, and forevermore. This is his promise, Garden City Church. His promise is that if we are courageous enough to wrestle with him in the waiting, he'll say, why you wait just worshiping me? Why you worshiping me? Because I already got a plan for that situation that you're thinking on. I already got a plan for what you think you ain't going to be able to do. I already got a plan for when you say, hey, I don't know how we're going to get through this. I already got a plan for that, and my plan is to renew your strength. Because guess what happens? As you are wrestling, what happens? Don't you get a little tired? Don't you get a little fatigued? Don't you get tired of wrestling to where you want to give up, you want to quit? Because I ain't said it. But God, I know what your promises says, but God, I don't see it. And so when we don't see it, that's when we are tempted by the tempter to give up. That's when we're tempted to say, hey, you know what? Maybe it's just not meant for me. Are you a child of God? Is he daddy for you? Then it is meant for you. But we got to stay in the wrestling match. We got to keep wrestling and know that you're going to get tired. But as you continue to stay in that place, man, he's going to renew your strength. Why? Because he's inviting you into blessing. What blessing? He's inviting you to know him deeper. He's inviting you to know him not just as Lord, not just as Savior, but as Daddy. Ben, come on back up. He loves to bless that kind of tenacious faith. And as that happens, we come out transformed. We're not the same coming out as we were when we came in. We're different. Why? Because we're renewed. If we're renewed, then we're transformed. And today we're going we're gonna to be able to take some elements of transformation, which is communion. 
And we're going to stay in a place of worship. So here's the thing. I, I don't know what we came in with. I told you a little bit of what I came in with this morning. But here's going to be the beautiful thing about it. While we're wrestling with waiting, while we'll wait, we're going to worship. Now, you can do that in your seat. You can extend your hands. You can come up here in the front. You can pull your chair to the front and just be in the presence of God and just allow him to minister to you in worship. And just be still. And don't run from the wrestling man, but lean into it. See, wrestling is good because the wrestling gets us closer to him, but it also draws us closer to one another. What we're seeing is we're seeing people wrestling against each other, and it's drawing them away from each other, even in the body. It's okay to wrestle about some of these things. It's okay to have these questions because he wants to have fellowship and commune with you. And so when you don't ask, he's like, man, come on, I'd love to wrestle with you about that. Let's talk about it. Let's lean into it. We say this all the time, and this is the season that we're in here at Garden City Church. We're going to worship. And I don't need you to worship the way that you think in your mind you should worship. Allow the Spirit to direct you in your worship. Because I don't expect you to worship like me, and I ain't going to worship like you. But there's a collective spirit of worship in this place that we want to lean into together. Amen? Let's pray together. Father in heaven, thank you. Thank you for who you are and what you are doing in the midst of us right now. And Father God, we extend to bless you with our gratitude and with our worship. You are a God that sits high and that looks low. You have need of nothing but you need to hear our worship because it blesses you. And you have blessed us with so much, Lord God, that this morning we return the favor and we just bless you this morning in our worship and in our praise and our adoration. So I pray right now, Father God, break the spiritual chains and bondage, Father God, that would limit us from doing that well before you not from a standpoint of an event or acting out or trying to entertain but from a sincerity because you said those who worship you must worship you in spirit and in truth and so God we pray that that comes forth now and we pray these things in the blessed and resurrected name of Jesus and we all said Amen.